hundreds of New Zealand film crew were gutted by the sudden end to what were expected to be two big-budget, long-term screen series. Amazon's Lord of the Rings wrapped filming after just the first season here, while Netflix's Cowboy Bebop was canned not long after the first series went to air. Now, the screen sector is notoriously fickle, so crews are used to this kind of thing happening. They're not usually on the scale. Over the years, there have been a number of exhibitions of art and craft work created by artists and artisans who work in the film industry to help them through financially tough times. So this afternoon, I'm talking to four very experienced crew with impressive CVs, all wildly creative people using their different skills in different ways and finding a market for their art. We've got a gallery of work by them on our webpage rnz.co.nz slash only. Do take a look while you hear their stories. Well, Catherine Lim has worked on films around the world as a set dresser, finisher and decorator. Mortal Engines, Ghost in the Shell and Love and Monsters are among the many films on her CV. Before moving to the art department, Wairarapa-based Martine Baker spent many years working with film costumes, starting with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I worked in the costume department and I was just the laundry girl, very glamorous. But within that, I had the opportunity to assist the dyers and the screen printers and I made a few pieces of jewellery for extras and I worked with the breakdown team. And I think, I don't know in the States or in other parts of the world whether you have that ability to really kind of organically cross those hierarchical boundaries at all. Things need to happen. There is no possibility of them not happening, simply not allowed. So you really just have to go for it. Looking at your uh, CV, Catherine, you've worked on set, set decorating and set finishing. Set finishing, what does that involve? Painting. So painting and carving and things like that. So basically the last, just before the set decorator comes in, uh, what the paint crew does. What are the skills involved with that? And, And what was your background in painting and that kind of art technique? Um, I have a fine arts degree in painting. I did mural painting and trompe l'oeil and, you know, so I went to art school. But then I also did other things, like I did uh, fashion design and illustration. And that's what I really like about film is that you have, you know, you can come from a really diverse background or you think that you've got some skills that you'll never, ever use and then something pops up and you need them. And it's really great that you have them. So I think... um, that's what I like about film is you get to do lots of different things. So you're not doing the same thing each each day. One of the things that got me thinking about talking to those in the film industry who are also artists is the fact that over the last year, you know, a couple of series that there were high hopes for, the Lord of the Rings and the um, Cowboy Bebop, felt like very suddenly cancelled. And when you've been planning your life around these, possibly for, for a few years, it must be really tough. And I know you need to be careful in what you say, Martine, but I think you were involved with the Lord of the Rings, um, the Rings of Power, the TV series, for a while. So how tough is it for you? Or are you used to having had such a long uh, experience in the film industry, realising that projects come and go, and that is simply the nature of the of the industry? Yeah, I think for me, I was in the fortunate position, perhaps, of having been in this position before, because I have worked uh, you know, in my career on projects that have fallen over. And so I'm kind of been around the block enough times to know that this does happen and so I'm always careful to be not expecting 
too much from things and, you know, not to be putting all of those eggs into baskets, putting money aside and that sort of thing, so that also I can have time to be creative in between projects. But certainly, yes, for Auckland to lose that series was a huge blow and so suddenly I think there was quite a lot of investment you know, from subcontractors and people who service the industry, they had invested to be able to do that. And it is going to be, I think, a little while before we see anything to that scale with the border closures and, and so on. So it is, yeah, it is a difficult time for the industry. I mean, I kind of feel a little bit with the, with the COVID ups and downs that people that work in film have been perhaps a little better placed than some others because we are used to that uncertainty and we do sort of live in that all the time. Catherine, as well as working in film, um, you're very involved in ceramics and in sculpture work uh, and you sell at arts events, etc. I mean, is, is that something that you've always done for pleasure and perhaps also for extra income, your artwork? No. Um, the film industry, for me, I've been really lucky and I've always been working. And so if pretty much if I had any downtime, it would only be a month or a couple of months and time that you'd actually really embrace having after working on a film for six months or three years in the case of, of The Hobbit, you know, flat tack. So I never really had any, had much downtime. So now that I have through COVID, it's been great. It's been marvellous. And it's been time to investigate what I actually want to do. Um, I had assumed because I had, you know, had a degree in painting that I'd end up being a painter if I ever did any artwork. And that hasn't been the case. I've just really enjoyed working with clay, ceramics, like you said, and doing that kind of thing. So... I kind of think I'm at the beginning of that type of investigating that kind of thing, and it's nice to be able to do it as one block, you know, you know, really get stuck in, and kind of like how you work on a film, which is you get up early, you start work, and you work hard, and then you get on to the next thing. I've seen your work described as whimsical, and I love that as a word, but how, how, how would you describe the works that you're creating? quirky. I like to do things that make people smile and speak to an individual. So I'm doing a lot of sculpture at the moment. So I could do five little wee sculptures and each one would appeal to a different person. So kind of like taking into account the person, uh, personalities of where it might end up living. So I don't want to do the same thing. I don't want to do something that was mass produced. I like doing different things, just seeing how it works, you know, just starting making something and then they always, they often end up different from how I intended them to end up. Martin, I think for rather longer you've uh, also enjoyed painting, craft jewellery and thank you for the pictures for our, our webpage um, of your work. Um, is that simply what, what you've done through necessity but also through pleasure, you know, being able to work on your own artistic projects as well as working in that big landscape that is a film? So for me, I have not always had continuity of work. We bought a house in uh, rural Wairarapa uh, maybe 12 years ago, moved from Wellington over to have a bit of space and have sort of the ability to um, create and I've sort of tended to work um, on longer projects and then have a longer period of time in between 
my next one, sometimes by design, sometimes by accident. Um, and so within within those sort of um, months that I have in between has been when I've kind of really got into working on my art practice and I think just after The Hobbit I had a little break and I had the opportunity to kind of develop a community um, gallery in Martinborough and another thing that I've done in the community art space is a series of um, summer arts events outside in Featherston over three years. So yeah, sort of that ability to kind of work within the community as well um, and then paint for myself really I think it really just sort of started as being for myself and people respond to it and continue to respond to it so then you keep going What what do you find yourself painting and I'll get you to describe your style of jewellery too Generally I'm I'm very inspired by the landscapes and the lights within the landscapes where I am and so for a long time um, you know, I've been sort of drawing from the Wairarapa and I look out um, over Lake Wairarapa from my home. And I say that I paint archetypal landscapes. Um, so it's really drawing from the idea of what I see rather than being representative. People call them quite moody and ethereal and often quite dark. And in my last series, I just had an exhibition at the end of last year, which was called Away, and that was um, responding to... Having been in Auckland, I was up there on um, the Rings project for sort of a year and a half with a few months off in between for a uh, COVID shutdown. And so that was, yeah, really responding to the landscape and the light and the kind of differences of um, of how it feels up there. Uh, and the jewellery um, was something that I've got into more recently and it was really something to sort of, you know, keep the wolves at bay. I did a couple of markets and um, looking for stockists of it and um, that was using, I've been using a lot of materials that I've sort of hoarded from film projects of the past, you know, sort of ending up with boxes of interesting offcuts of wood that I've been reshaping and painting um, and so a lot of, yeah, sort of recycled materials from film industry and ideas from people, uh, you know, you're surrounded by people working across disciplines all the time and it all sort of feeds into what comes out of your hands, whether you're expecting that or not. Catherine, how are, how is the, looking into your crystal ball, how are things looking for people like yourself and Martine with all these skills in filmmaking? Are you hopeful? You know, the next few months obviously are going to be disruptive, but are, but are you hopeful for the um, how the film industry is looking? Yes, absolutely. I was a, quite a bit overseas, so overseas has different regulations than uh, New Zealand at the moment. So that's quite interesting. And, you know, New Zealand has been kind of following to see what's happening overseas as well. Always hopeful. Uh, I can't see why not. New Zealand's a beautiful place and, and it's got so many clever people who, who work here and you'd be silly not to come back here and try and make film. Martine, you told me that you really enjoy seeing what crews get up to when they are left to their own devices, and I've certainly been to a few exhibitions here in Wellington, uh, usually in downtimes between films. What you're all able to create is quite remarkable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just my one of the things that keeps bringing me back to the industry um, again and again is, is the ability to kind of create something greater than some of its parts by just sort of um, working together and... You know, like I say, that sort of cross-pollination between, uh, you know, 
on projects we've had a jeweller working alongside a knife maker working alongside a sculptor and they're all kind of looking to see what people are, other people around them are doing and it really leads to leads to some magic there's so many as martin was saying people from just different backgrounds and interacting with them and seeing what they make and seeing what you can make with them together because you know film is this very collaborative thing where animal where you it's a lot of people who are well in the art department who are capable of making things and then trying to work things out because New Zealand New Zealand's film industry is such that it's very there's a lot of ingenuity and sometimes you just don't know how you're going to make something but then you figure it out and that's really really interesting for me that I really like there's a lot of uh, neurodiverse people in the film industry in the art department and so you've got lots of different ideas and people that you might just not normally come across in a you know nine-to-five job and I really really like that I've had you know some really amazing mentors people that who are just from from within New Zealand and who have come overseas who've just so clever and I think that for me is the big thing Um, and also it can be a challenge as well like I say you know lots of personalities people who are quite different and you're all in this big melting pot working for about 11-12 hours a day and you need to get on as a team. Catherine Lim and Martin Baker. Well, like Martin, textile artist Hannah Webster's hopes for years of work on the Amazon Lord of the Rings TV series were scuppered last year. But at least when the first series gets to air, we will get to see her textile printing skills. Hannah's also worked on a current Avatar film series as part of the Natural Fibre team. Hannah's with us now. Tēnā koe, Hannah. Uh, kia ora, Lynn. Nice to talk to you on a Sunday. What was your um, What was your entry to the film industry? Uh, Martine and Catherine say they, they kind of fell into it. What about you? You do sort of fall into it a little bit. When I, well, I watched Lord of the Rings growing up and the behind the scenes when I was about 10 years old and was amazed that, that was a job. So it was always in my mind. And then I did textile design at uni Um, And I knew that some people out of textiles went into film and I thought that would be an interesting avenue. And then when I finished my master's in 2015, I didn't know how to get into film because there's no jobs advertised I could find. So I just did a few other jobs. I did some tutoring and uh, helped with my friend's night classes and screen printing. And then also worked in peanut butter randomly for two years and then heard of a film job um, coming up and a f- person I knew on it saying that they might need a textile assistant. And I just kept saying, I'd love to do that, please. If there's a way, I don't know how, how, like how it works, but, um, and she said, if you're available, then it's easier. So I took quite a big risk and quit my jobs in the hope that the film job would pop up, and it did. You've been very busy. You've, I mean, you've been really busy, and you've got to use your skills in so many different ways reading your CV. And just looking at the work, say, mm-hmm. on the Lord of the Rings TV series, screen printing, um, garments. Yes. Uh, I mean, what have, what have you learned? I mean, you love textiles and you love screen printing. What have you learned through your film work about this medium? It's been 
very interesting doing it through film. The first film I did in Model Engines, I did screen printing for set. So I was part of the set decorating team for soft furnishings. So you're doing these massive patterns or textures and I've never done anything quite on this scale before. And also uh, just working with all the different colors as well, because you're not following one aesthetic like you might do in uni when you have a project or if you're working for a single client. In a film, there's so many different aesthetics across different sets. So what you need to make for a particular set could be totally different to the set you were decorating the week before. So that was very exciting in set deck. And then doing the screen printing in Auckland, I was part of the costume team. Um, so that was even more exciting because the patterns are so detailed and so beautiful and everything's extremely original because no one wants to see something on screen that they recognize from somewhere else. And so many um, layers of colors and really pushing the boundaries of what screen printing can do as well. It can really manipulate a fabric. It can change its behavior when someone's wearing it or it can add a, add a shimmer or a, or a texture or it mimics something else that you didn't think you could do on fabric. So loved it in costume as well. That was really, really cool. Well, you're also using your printing skills on paper, which is how I came across your work. <laughs> and I imagine that paper and textiles, paper is a textile in some ways, but are they very mm. different creatures? Uh, yes. My, the painting that I do for myself on paper, I've been doing a lot of gouache paint, which is a very opaque paint, and you're building up the colors and the layers from the darkest up to the light. Whereas in screen printing, you're often using what we call a transparent paste. So when you layer up the different layers of color, it creates a new color. So you're usually working from light to dark. So the more layers you put on in screen printing, the darker or more intense that print will become, which is opposite to what I do in my own work often really struck by your love of nature and you do these really dense densely detailed bush scenes for example I mean yeah. is that is the is the bush the New Zealand native bush somewhere that you love I do I love it a lot and I really really want more people to love it as well because I think it's so so humble and so underrated and extremely important um, and I just I go for a lot of walks and in Auckland I was living in this beautiful suburb called Orotia which is in the Waitakere Ranges and you just like so much so much diversity in all the trees up there which was mind-blowing because we don't seem to have that in Wellington as much and it's so beautiful I also lived overseas a little bit growing up and whenever we came back to New Zealand always just struck by how green everything was um which I think a lot of people take for granted so yeah I really love New Zealand bush just to wrap this up I'm always anxious asking um film crew this question because <laughs> there's often so much secrecy around upcoming films of so course much secrecy. Yeah. but uh, I mean you're busy with your art how how are things <laughs> looking for you for films for 2022 hopefully something will pop up it's one of the hardest parts of film is not knowing when the next project will be because nothing's ever advertised and it's all quite secret and often 
things aren't said that they'll be happening unless they definitely know it will be happening. Um, so hopefully something will pop up, hopefully in Wellington, because I was in Auckland uh, for a year and a half last year, which was great. But my original thought was I would be there for three weeks. That's often how film jobs work. And I had a great time up there and I met amazing people, but it is hard to be away from home for that long and my partner. And the hours are very, very, very long. Um, and the contracts are sometimes only a day or a week worth. No one is employed. So that makes it a bit harder for relying on film as a job, which is why I do a lot of my own work out of film. And but fingers crossed. There'll be great things in Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, thank you so much. Oh, we stay in the costume department for our next artisan, Carolyn Fenton. She was one of those left stranded with the unexpected cancellation of Cowboy Bebop after just the one series, but she says it was an absolute highlight of her career. Carolyn's also worked on both the original Avatar as costume supervisor and Avatar 2 that's in post-production, this time as workroom supervisor. Her embroidery skills can be seen in films including The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit film trilogies. Recently, Carolyn's been working on her contemporary spin on the traditional crochet doilies, which surprised her by flying out the door at the annual pre-Christmas Just Good Stuff show in Wellington last year. First, though, I was curious about how her career in film began. I came from a fashion background, and I had friends that were working on Hercules and Xena, and a position opened up on that, and basically I got the phone call to come up for to go up to Auckland for a trial, and I did, and I'm still here 25 years later. <laughs> that sounds like such a fun project, you know, when you love costume and fashion, such a fun project to be involved in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was so eye-opening for me and, you know, working with these people that had this amazing set of skills and artistic ability was just like, oh, my God, this is exactly where I want to be. You came to this really at such a perfect time when you're thinking about it because um, after Xena and those uh, that TV series, of course, you know, we also had the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which you were involved in, and yes. Lovely Bones and Avatar, of course, ongoing, and The Hobbit. So it's been kind of a golden age, I imagine, in many ways for people like yourself who love film and whose career is in film. Yes, and I've been lucky because I really have been remained on a trajectory for all of that time and I've I think because my skill set was quite wide, was quite broad and um I ended up sort of in management roles as you know, and organizational roles and running teams as well as still being able to contribute my embroidery skills and sewing stitching skills and pattern cutting and all sorts of stuff. From whom did you learn your embroidery skills? Was it handed down in your family? Yeah, handed down. Both my mother and my nana were major crafters and their craft contributed to the household income. And basically mum often talks about them making things and selling it and that would be the money towards a holiday. Mum was always making things, and she was always trying new things, new sort of basket weaving, or macrame through the you know 60s and 70s, all of that stuff. And 
talking to her in recent years, she was always trying to get myself and my two sisters crocheting and knitting and weaving and macraming and all the rest of it. But I was the one that went the furthest and usually finished my project. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking of of the Lord of the Rings trilogy in particular and there was the exhibition of of costumes, I remember, at Te Papa and that talk of the attention to detail to the extent of things like embroidery, you know, aspects of costumes that would not be seen uh, on screen but that... Uh, the actors wearing the costumes knew were there and it added to to how they felt about their character. And I just thought that was a remarkable and important kind of approach to costumes. Oh, yes, definitely. And with um, the sort of hand embroidery stuff, I was involved with um, working with Nyla. You know, she'd sort of say, these are the sort of ideas I've got. Can you do me some stitches? And so I would do quite a bit of that that hand work and I also did the hand work sampling on uh, Aragorn's coat so I did Gandalf and Aragorn were the two main ones because they had a very hand stitched look I loved doing that, it was my favourite thing And I just can imagine the sense of pride that you must have seen, I, I suspect your mum did too actually when you were seeing the completed garment and of course uh, the Lord of the Rings was um, bringing you know, new high-def technology, so we would have seen it with a clarity on the big screen never before possible. When you're watching it, you don't really notice it. So when I'm with my family, I'm pointing it out going, that's my bit, that's my bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, they'll be going, oh, I never noticed that before. And But it's that thing of being another layer of a detail that, you know, Nyla and, you know, other designers put into a costume um, to make it look real and to give it texture, etc. Uh, I just think, you know, 2018, 2019, such an interesting mix of um, movies you're involved in. So your assistant costume design for Mortal Engines, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, 2019, you're in a short Nomads of the Sea, Other Side of Heaven uh, 2 and Savage. I mean, from the from the fantasy and the mythology right to a really gritty contemporary work like Savage. Yeah, I've really enjoyed working on Savage, actually. That was really interesting and eye-opening and loved making the... and learning about the patches, how they do them, all of that sort of stuff. You know, that's, I'm talking about it from a costume point of view. I mean, that's all part of film, is you do such a wide range of jobs and, you know, every job involves a certain amount of research and delving into the subject matter, which I really enjoy as well. We talked before about your family's history of embroidery. So, I mean, I would say for years at a time, you haven't had much time to yourself, but you have been producing embroidery as an artisan at doilies. And what got you thinking about doilies? I mean, I I own my great aunt's doilies, which I absolutely adore, but there, there may well be a generation listening out there that don't know what they are. Yes, so the doily is usually crocheted and it is um, a decorative piece as well as a practical piece for, you know, so your sideboard doesn't get scratched. (laughs) What got you thinking about making doilies? Um, Well, I've been thinking for a long time about how to bring that traditional doily that, like, my mother made and my nana made um, and how to make it sort of a more of a contemporary thing 
that fits into more of a modern setting in our homes. And um, I broke my foot earlier this year, and that was the perfect opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. So what, what are the contemporary elements that you've brought into this really traditional craft? Mostly colour and also sort of making them a little bit less lacy looking and more working with the graphics of the of the how the stitch works. But I think mostly the colour. Must have been interesting for you. Uh, and I mean, I came across your work at the Just Good Stuff and I was lucky because you sold out, Carolyn, which I think is both a credit to your work and also recognition that the handmade we're back in love with the handmade. We we appreciate it. Yes, and yes, I would have to say I was quite surprised they sold out so fast. And um, yeah, and then I was like, oh, now what do I do? I have to make some more. <laughs> and they take, you know, they take quite a bit of time. Carolyn Webster, do take a look at the photo gallery on the Standing Room Only webpage, featuring work by all of the artists and artisans you've been listening to.